too much horror business driving late at night psycho 78 12 o'clock don't be late i said all this horror business greetings and salutations my name is justin lore i don't know what this is but i hate it Is this this is your attempt to be what? William Castle. Oh my We didn't watch William Castle. Who are you? I'm Liam O'Donnell. You're listening to another spectacular episode of Horror Business. <laughs> and the reason I started like that is no, we did not technically watch William Castle films, but in a way we did because this is our William Castle There's, remake yeah, episode. It's not in a way. In a way. How is it not in a way? They're produced by Dark Castle Films, which was made to remake William Castle's films. And they were produced by his daughter. So fucking... I think... Crap in your hat and wear it backwards. I think acting like this is... uh, Especially because the... the, We'll get into it. We are talking... I find this disrespectful. I'll stop there. Oh, I'm sorry. Should we talk about like odorific viewings and smell-o-vision and all that? I mean, that would be better than what we watched. Mmm. Mmm. Maybe for the 13 Ghosts. <laughs> We're going to be talking about 1999's The House on a Haunted Hill and 2001's The 13 Ghosts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thur 13 Ghosts. Is that really how they spell it? On IMDb it is, yeah. Whoa. Now, I'm going to put something forward right now. This is my thesis for these two films. I actually like The House on a Haunted Hill quite a bit. I do too. But I think that this movie and 13 Ghosts, I think they complement each other, but not in a good way. That's fair. I think both of these films are incomplete. And I think if you took one thing from 13 Ghosts and inserted it into The House on Haunted Hill, that movie would be amazing. Huh, that's interesting. Like there's an element from there's an element from House on Haunted Hill that I think belongs in Thirteen Ghosts, and there's an element from Thirteen Ghosts I think belongs in House on Haunted Hill. I was gonna say, um, if you, as I did, watch Thirteen Ghosts first, then when you watch House on Haunted Hill, you notice all the ways that it's similar to Thirteen Ghosts. There's actually footage from both, and it makes it less good. Yeah, <laughs> because if I had watched House on Haunted Hill first, I would have been like, oh, you know. That's fine. Yeah. It's like uh, if you listen to, um, let's say, some really embarrassing metalcore, right? Okay. And like then, Nora? Sh- uh, here's the thing. Nora is bad. But Nora is not bad in the way that like metalcore became cliche in the 2000s. Fair enough. Let's say you listen to any swoop hair, crab quarry, uh, attack attack with epic. an exclamation point well attack attack was a little I would say something more on the epic side right and then you listen to Caven's Beyond Hypothermia you're implying that Caven's Beyond Hypothermia is okay I see what you mean so it's still brilliant it's still very good but you're going oh here are all the things that were so bad in this other thing so now it's kind of bums me out like there are parts of Beyond Hypothermia where you go wow this song's really good if only they had gotten the good parts of the song instead of, you it, know what I mean? It's, it's similar to how I get violently angry at my grandfather for, you know, being th- one of the first steps towards my existence. Stop. I hate you so much. <laughs> That's not true. No. I love you. So we picked, <clears throat> I picked these movies because it's just a good double feature. You know, William Castle, he was a famous, he, he was a guy who did a couple things. He was famous. He was a very gimmicky film director. I think his heart was in the right place, though. 
uh, and these movies, um, especially The House on Haunted Hill, I think kind of captured a feeling in horror at a time when horror was mostly bad before the things that made it bad got bad, if that makes any sense. I I will disagree on one of them. Okay. I think one is a I think one is a is not as good as its original, but is a uh, faithful to the spirit remake. Yes. Right. And the other one manages to take a movie that is mostly corny and make it worse and make it so much worse. Well, that, that, in this incredible way that I'm like, wow, the bar was really low for y'all, and you couldn't even get near it. That's crazy. And there is a tragedy to the Thirteen Ghosts that I'll talk about. Yeah. That kind of ties in with my idea of there was there were elements to it that I wish they would just fucking remove from the shit show that it was. But we don't need to talk about that right now. Right now what we need to do yeah. is thank our Patreon sponsors because they brought you this episode. Yeah. So if you have become a patron of ours, we we thank you so much. From the bottom of our hearts we thank you because every little bit counts. Let me get let me get specific on it. I don't know if I've done this, so I want to make sure I, I do don't think it. you have. Sophia, uh, who had been a patron, is now a patron again. She's great. Uh, thank you so much. And has like sent us messages letting us know yeah, that yeah. she you know, really appreciates us. And then a guy named uh, Daniel Reiferscheid. What up? Reiferscheid. Daniel, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know how to say your last name. That's fine. But uh, thank you for for getting on board. I don't know if it's for this show. You know the 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 Patreons for the whole network. It's probably for this show. But it's gotta be right. We're the best. We're the best. It's gotta be for this show. It's gotta be. It's it's it, it's it's for this show. Yo. So if you want to join this click of really cool people, you can go to patreon.com backslash cinepunks and click on the little donate subscribe button there, and that'll help us uh, with costs. And I will say, look, more people who are on Patreon listen to this show then check their messages on Patreon because I've sent out messages before to nothing because it's just not a place people think to check their messages. So let me say it on here. We have a thing for your, for some people, and we want to hook you up. Basically, there's a, there's a shirt coming your way. If you got a shirt coming, we got a specific shirt coming yeah. your way. But if you haven't given us your address, we don't know. then I can't send you nothing. And maybe you're thinking, well, that's fine because I'm a saint, and I would rather... Just give my money away with no look, s- fuck that. It's cool advertising if you wear the shirt. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If we send you a shirt, it's also good for us. Yeah, because then you'll wear the shirt and people go, "Oh, what's that about?" Yeah. So just get us your address. Check your fucking messages. Go to the ad- We want the address. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. This episode is also brought to you by the fine, amazing folks at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now they're okay. Liam, they're okay. They're 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 they're, they're, they're pretty Tuesday, good. on Tuesdays. They're good. <laughs> Now, Liam. Yeah. If I asked you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Liam, I want to get a shirt made. Oh, no. That just says, Rob and Fab were the real Millie Vanilli. What is this thing that you have <laughs> going on? Why is this your new thing? What, my obsession with... I'm a Millie Vanilli truther. <sighs> so if I wanted to get that shirt made, where would you suggest I go? I guess LVAC. Okay. And not just to piss Chris off, because it would make him Mostly upset. Mostly to piss Mostly him off. Mostly to piss him off, but also because you'll get, um, I would get my my hypothetical Millie Vanilli Truther shirt. You, I would get an amazing job done. Don't be wrong. It's worth it to get your stuff done there just to piss Chris off. That Absolutely. is actually worth it. Uh, I recently, uh, on this very show, um, suggested that Hard Target was far superior to Face Off. That's a wrong opinion, but go but on. But I did say it. And 50% of that 
50% of that was because people, I get annoyed how much people worship American John Woo and then don't watch any other John Woo, and that like really bums me out. Okay. So that was part of it, was just like, ah, this will annoy those those folks a lot. Yes. Because people love Face Off so much. But the other 50% of that was entirely, I was thinking of Chris going, I know Chris listens to the show. He's going to hear this. He's going to tweet at me. He just can't help himself. But why would you wound me to get to Chris? Oh, I would do I, I would do whatever I need to to get to Chris. I respect that. Yeah. I I respect that your hatred for Chris is stronger than your love for me. Yeah. I, I mean, like that. That's just an internal yeah. state of being. Um, but it's also worth it to go to Chris because as much as we like to mess with him and denigrate him on this show, the reality is we wouldn't get shit printed anywhere else. Nowhere else. Anywhere else. Nowhere else. And that's that's not a bash against any other of the any of the other screen printing companies which I know about, which I I know a few. They seem like nice people. I'm sure they're great. But our loyalty loyalty, I can't even say it. Our loyalty our royalty and loyalty. Our loyalty and royalty go to Chris Reject and the fine folks at LVAC. So if you have a shirt that by all rights should not be made, but it's gonna get made. In defiance of the will of our Lord and Creator, you should go to Chris Reject. You should head to www.xlvacx.com and see what you can do to get stuff printed there. Again, for the fourth week, fourth episode in a row, we'll talk about all the cool shit Chris is doing to help combat COVID-19 because we are a country run by fucking nincompoops and it's 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 heroes like Chris who are rising to the occasion and are and are, are taking up the weight upon their shoulders to fucking slog us through to the other side. If there is other side. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get out on the other side. I don't know. I might not, but who knows. So, www.xlvacx.com. Go check it out and look at, you know, the fucking whatever on the site. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. You are. You yes. are. XLVACX. XLVACX.com. Now comes the time in the show. Oh, you know what I will say real quick? Hmm. If you're a wrestling fan, um, uh, Chris has worked with uh, Violent Miracle to put up uh, a bunch of uh, footage from their various wrestling events into one live stream. Uh, and it's all for charity. So you go, you pay Chris anywhere between $1 and $20, depending on how generous you are willing to be. And then you get access to this awesome live stream, which also includes um, the Outer Heaven footage that no one f- was apparently lost. It is on the DVDs. So oh, cool. you get to see Outer Heaven. You get to see a bunch of cool matches. You get to see some other weird stuff that they filmed that I don't You get to hear yours truly screaming till I'm a fucking horse at the wrestlers. Yep. Which is, the, I mean, honestly, the best part. Anyway. That's par for the course. That's, I mean, you can go to a, to a Wegmans on a Tuesday night and hear me yelling at people, at wrestlers, if I run into Ultramantis Black. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would never yell at because he's a fellow Edgeman. Okay. So, now comes the time in the show when the Arcadium has aligned <laughs> and the Oculus Infernum has opened. Uh-huh. And I ask the Black Zodiac, give me knowledge of the past and the present and all that is and all that ever will be. And tell me, Black Zodiac, the torso, the hammer, the juggernaut, even the torn prince, give me your secrets. Is one of those secrets, what did Leon watch recently in Loving Horror? The answer would be nothing. You've disappointed the Black Zodiac. <laughs> uh, I did rewatch the original, not 13 Ghosts, the other one. House on Haunted Hill? Yes. 
Um, I would have liked to have rewatched both of the originals just to make a comparison. Yeah. But I only, I, guys, I just don't have time. Like, I'm on so much. I'm on three podcasts, which uh, we're trying to, like, actually be productive on these podcasts since it's, you know. Although it's funny because right now, listening numbers for everyone is down. It's like, I guess people mostly listen to podcasts on commutes and mm. no one is commuting. So everyone's numbers are down, sort of like nationally. Which is weird because I was like, "Oh, let's make sure we put out a bunch of episodes." Yeah, and I'm like, hopefully people will come back to it when they're commuting again because the numbers are not there. But uh, I, you know, between three podcasts and then doing a lot of childcare, I just haven't had as much time. But I, I did manage to squeeze in the original House on Haunted Hill, which I had seen before, but I wanted to rewatch it, and I love it. It's great. I love Vincent Price. Do they use a real skeleton in that movie? Uh, from what I hear, yes, they, they use a we real. We have a very skeleton. reliable source telling us that. Yes, they use a real skeleton. And guess what, guys? That's normal. Yeah. That's a normal thing that people do. F- funny thing about that movie, myself and friend of the podcast Evan Vallelli used to have a, like a running joke in college. Mm-hmm. You know how like there's that one scene everyone thinks of now is on Hill with the fucking woman on the skateboard. Yeah, and they like, pull her away, yeah. and then the the other actress is like losing her fucking mind and rightfully. Yeah. And Vincent Price is so like. I don't mind her. That's just my wife. Yeah. Like yeah, Evan yeah. and I used to have a joke in college where like someone would be upset with, like, I don't, that's fine. That's my wife. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind her. Don't mind her. That's just my wife. Um, other than that, I just haven't had time. I have been watching because of just uh, the, uh, everything about this experience is exhausting. Even though I feel like I'm not doing anything, I just feel exhausted. I don't know. I guess childcare is something, but. Um, I haven't been doing a lot of like physical activity, and yet I feel exhausted. So I've mostly been watching TV. Um, this is not horror-related, but me and my wife finished uh, The Legend of Korra, which people have been recommending to us for a while. Okay. And I love it. It's really great. Uh, and then we've been trying to cycle Maeve through other kids' shows because okay. she watches a lot of kids' shows, um, and they're bad, you know? Uh, so that's why you remember last episode I talked about The Last Kids on Earth. We we watched that because we were like we got to get her on something new. So we're yeah. been trying a bunch of new stuff. Uh, so if any fellow parents out there are also looking for kid shows that don't make you want to die, which there are very few uh, on Disney Plus, there's a show from Australia called Bluey that is super cute. It's there. There's it's a dog. This is a dog family. The daughter's name is Bluey. Okay. And it's just cute. It's just a cute show for kids that isn't cloying and repetitive. And every show for kids is cloying and repetitive. Uh, it's 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 interesting. In the new, um, the next article of this, Justin, it's going to be the first in a three part series about the horrors of childhood. Sure, I talk about how like nowadays there's a lot of like kids stuff that's geared towards kids. It's right. just like what the hell. Like every now and again you'll get something like oh this is engaging for parents to watch, but like stuff for kids like when we were little. Oh yeah. Some of it was like actually, I'm assuming you're gonna be writing about the Secret of Nim. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm writing about. Yeah. Have you considered letting your daughter watch the Secret of Nim? Oh, I actually did try and she wasn't interested. But mm. I thought like this is so funny because she's gonna hate she's not gonna be interested because it's scary. But we've watched she isn't bummed on scary stuff. Some of the stuff we've watched with her is a little bit scary. Okay. But it's like for kids scary. Yeah. And I think Secret of Nim is like a step above for kids scary. That's uh Do you know? What happened to Mrs. Brisby's husband? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, do you know exactly what happened to him? Yeah. Yeah, he was eaten alive. Yeah, I They know. talk about that. I know. Several characters make it a point, like, Mrs. Brisby, I'm sorry about your late husband. And she's like, eh, okay. Yeah, it's Thanks a thing. Thanks for reminding no, I, me. I know, yeah. It's frightening. You should, uh, make, you should make her watch it. No, I, we're, we'll, get, we'll, get to, we'll get to watching some stuff that's a little more intense. Okay. But the point is, Bluey doesn't make me want to die. And then she started watching another show, also on Disney Plus, called Amphibia. 
Okay. In which a young, uh, I don't know, tween girl opens a box that she got at a thrift store, and then magically she's in a world of frogs. Mm. And she's just with the frogs, and she's just trying to get by in this world of frogs. She's trapped there? She's just trapped in a world of frogs. And, you know, the frogs talk and stuff, but it's like the the frogs live in like a magical medieval world. Mm. But they talk a little more sassy than you. They're not over there like, oh, the the maiden is the and anything. They're just like, oh, what's with this ugly chick? You're ugly. Because hmm. she's human and they're frogs. Did she die and go to hell? And this is like a kid's version of you hell? Know, that's a, oh, so, okay. Here's the thing that does relate to horror. And this is for parents out there or anyone who for some reason watches kid shows. So many kid shows only work if the main character is dead or they have like a serious there's a whole realm of shows in which the kid is finally alone and then all their magical friends come out and they could easily be about a child with mental health issues like and when i say a few i'm talking like 30 to 40 shows in which Uh, yeah a character is alone and then all their play things or the people from the other dimension or whatever it is come to life and whatever and then what's great about that is let's talk about one of the most popular ones is doc mcstuffins right oh my god she talks to her toys right when they finally establish that doc mcstuffins isn't insane is when her grandmother comes and her grandmother can also talk to the toys that's when the show gets bad the show actually only works when as an adult you're watching it thinking She's this this little girl's crazy. She's this in little, need of help. She needs help. And then when they're finally like, no, it's real, and your grandmother can do it. And there's a whole other universe where toys go to hang out, and you're now you're the doctor in the toy universe. The whole show jumps the shark and becomes terrible. And the best part about that is there's an episode where they introduce these like rescuers, like first responders, right? Okay. And the first responders are supposed to be like clearly the offshoot. They're like the the show. The, it's like wings or. Frasier, you know, like it's gotcha, clearly supposed yeah. to be they're going to get their own show. Yeah. Only the show was supposed to premiere when Katrina happened. And so, oh, like Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Okay. And so they're going to premiere this thing. And then Katrina happens. And I, I think it was Katrina. I, I might be having my timeline wrong, but a big hurricane happened on the episode, uh, uh, on the date where they're supposed to drop the episode where these rescue first responders show up and save everyone in Toyland from oh, a big man. hurricane. It's literally the same. And they were like, well, let's hold it back. And then that fucked it up so bad that then they were like, we're not doing it. We're not doing the new show. And they just canceled the whole thing. But the you know when you watch an episode of anything that's clearly meant to launch another thing and it all feels very like um, serving to that point in a really terrible way? It's only worked once in my opinion. Yeah. With I, the arrow and flash. That's the only time it's sure, worked. Sure, exactly. But, it's, but imagine watching that flash episode and then they had to cancel the Flash, but it still exists. So, like every time we watch, have watched that with Maeve, which is far too many times. It's so funny to be like, <laughs> "This failed." The, each uh. of these characters have their own moment to like fully develop them. So you'll want to buy the toy. That never happened. There's no toys. It's that so sucks. good. Okay, sorry. Uh, that's it. I got nothing else to say. Sorry, but sorry, I haven't watched much horror stuff, guys. I just haven't had time. I will start about. I will start out. I'll save the best for last with what I did. Um, I started watching this season's, um, or the new, I shouldn't say this season, they brought it back, uh, Penny Dreadful City of Angels. I've been meaning to start it and I haven't been able to. So yet. fucking good. Did, yeah, I, is it good. I was a little worried with them sort of rebooting it's the whole very, thing. It's um, very, I might be blinded by the fact that Brett Spiner is on it. Sure. It's just, I don't know, it's just awesome. Um, so I it, I think this last night was episode three. It's great. It's like chock full of like noir goodness and 
you know, all this like it, it, I don't know. It's just fun. Like it, t- it takes place in like the like a uh, Chicano community in, yeah. in Los, Los Angeles. Yeah. And like there's so many like zoot suits. And my grandfather oh, is sure. just like, you know what a zoot suit is? I'm like, I know what a zoot suit is. Pap. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I never got to wear a zoot suit. And I'm like, oh, that's sorry, Pap. <laughs> like um, I also there's this isn't technically horror, but it is kind of horrific. And it, it made me like the last episode. I was like jumping up and down while watching it. Um, there's a show on Netflix. I think it's a Polish show called Into the Night. Sure, yeah. Um, man, that's fucking tense. Like, the last six minutes of the last episode, I was literally, like, in my room jumping up and down, like, screaming and, like, freaking <laughs> out that, you know, something bad was going to happen. So, if you get a chance, it's it's more like sci-fi, but it's still, like, extremely thrilling uh, into the dark, or into the night. Sure. And the last thing I watched, a friend of the show, Dana, just brought up to Liam before we started this. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw me having a meltdown while watching this little movie on Shutter called Z. Now, I have been hyped on this uh, movie for a minute just because Colin Minahan, who did It Stains the Sands Red, Extraterrestrial, sure, bunch of other stuff, Stillborn, he wrote it and he or he co-wrote it. It was directed by a guy named Brandon Christensen. The trailer sells it as like, well, the IMDb thing is a family finds themselves terrorized by their eight-year-old son's imaginary friends, imaginary friend. Um, the trailer sums it up as like an imaginary friend gone wrong. That's kind of what the movie is about, except that it goes in this really weird direction about half halfway through. And one of the things I was worried about is it was really ratcheting up a lot of really great tension and there was a lot of a lot of really cool scenes that were like spooky in the sense that there was like one scene where like the little kid is they're sitting at the dinner table and he's like oh yeah z would like a glass of milk and like the mom goes he's like make it two percent and he like looks up like this like he's looking up at something he's like z's upset right now and the mom's like okay and there's like tiny little things like that where like the little kid is like reacting to nothing but the fact that he's looking up there is like this thing is like really tall it just freaked me out for some reason and I was really worried that it was going to be that the, this thing wasn't real and it was just like this little boy's imagination. Maybe he was the cause of it and blah, 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 blah. But no, it turns out that this thing is real and it's fucking terrifying. Um, that sounds good. There was one scene that is like in my book up there with well-executed jump scares in like the Exorcist 3 scissor scene and the Mulholland Drive dumpster scene when it comes to well-executed jump scares. And that's like some big league shit right there. I turned it off about 45 minutes in because I started watching it at like one in the morning and I just got so upset and so creeped out. I was, I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm going to freak the fuck out. So I had to pause it. And then the next morning after work in broad daylight, finish it. And it, it's just an intense movie. It's uh, it's on Shudder. So you have to subscribe to Shudder to get it. But um, I, I can't recommend this movie enough. It's just called Z as in the letter. And it's on Shutter, so go uh, go check it out. That's all I've done for uh, for Har recently. That's still pretty good, and it's better than me. Yeah, and I really need to watch Z. Now it's on my list. Yeah, you do because it's 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 a it's a spooker. It's creepy. A real spooker. It is. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We're gonna talk about 1999's reimagining. When we come back, we're going to talk about 1999's House on Haunted Hill. We'll be right back. (sighs) 
Halloween, six strangers have been invited to a party. If they can stay up till dawn, they'll win $1 million each. The only catch is that they'll have to live through the night. Let the games begin. And we are back to talk about 1999's House on Haunted Hill, directed by William Maloney, or William Malone, starring Jeffrey Rush, Femke Johansson, Ty Diggs, let me load this, Peter Gallagher, unfortunately Chris Kattan, Jeffrey motherfucking Combs, and uh, Lisa Loeb. And I think it was produced by, yeah, Terry Castle, who is, uh, you say, only ghosts want to kill me. Yeah. Uh, also produced by Robert Zemeckis. And, you know, Terry Castle is William Castle's uh, daughter. Now, Liam, do you remember when this movie came out? Yes. What was your initial experience with this movie? I turned the radio on. I turned the radio off. You didn't see, you didn't see After Midnight, did you? No. Oh, there's a really cool karaoke scene with that movie. With, oh, with, yeah. that, with that song. It's like really, and it takes a turn for the worst. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't think I saw After Midnight. Okay, um, I think when this came out, I was, A, not going to as many horror movies in the theater, and B, 99, I don't know if y'all remember 1999, that was a very good year for movies. Yeah. A lot of stuff came out in 99, and so I think this film just got lost in the mix of like other things that I cared about. Didn't Blair Witch come out in 99? I think that's right. Yes. I think there's a book about 1999, uh, about all the movies that came out in 1999. A lot of things came out that year. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then when this sort of hit the rental shelves. Oh, yeah. Uh, this came out the same year as The Blair Witch Project, Deep Blue Sea, Lake Placid, and The Haunting, all which I'm sure. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of horror movies, because I don't think I saw a lot of horror movies in the theater that year. Although I did see Lake Placid in the theater. <laughs> it's a good movie. I don't like when the bear gets eaten, but that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a fun yeah. movie. The Matrix. Okay. The Matrix, The Phantom Menace, Fight Club, 10 Things I Hate About You, The Sixth Sense. Right. Uh, yeah, this movie definitely got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and so that's what it was. And then by the time it made it to the shelves 
and I was renting movies because I was in college in '99. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I tra- that's what I think '97, '98, '99. Yeah. So that was the year I transferred from Rutgers. So when I was living at home, I wasn't watching a lot of stuff because I didn't have access to my own player really yeah yeah uh and i really didn't start renting a lot more stuff again till 2000 um because that's when i transferred uh to college and i was living on my own at the school and i like didn't go home again after that really i went home to visit but i didn't like move home for a while um but even then it was like i was barely i wasn't making a lot of money as a college student what money i had i was actually going to a lot of shows in 99 um so I didn't see, I saw like all the big 99 movies and, you know, a few of the bigger 2000 movies, but uh, a movie like this kind of got lost in the shuffle for me. And then when I rediscovered horror was really like 2002 after I graduated college, I actually uh, eventually had to move home and uh, a good friend of mine, Jesse Deal, was a big horror nut and we would watch stuff in college a little bit. But he was living at home and I was living at home in our like later 20s. And we were both like underemployed and kind of hating our lives. Yes. And I would go to his house like two nights a week to watch horror movies. Okay. But we were we were catching up on the classics. We were, you know, I had only seen like one or two Fulci movies at that point. So he was like, yo, come over. We're going to watch this, this, and this. You know, like it was like I spent all of like 2003, I think that was just like watching a bunch of shit that i had missed you know okay so the idea that we would pick up the house on haunted hill remake just never really clicked for me um and i unfortunately before i saw this remake saw 13 ghosts and and hated it was this the first time you ever saw house on haunted hill no i caught up with it later because of netflix yeah so it was, I think it was streaming on Netflix or I got it in DVD, but I, you know, I, I've watched it before, but even then there, were, I, it had been so long. Like, I don't think I had watched it since maybe 2005. So in that, you know, convening 15 years, I kind of forgotten a lot of it other than Chris Kattan was in it. Ugh. There's a house. Jeffrey Combs is a scary doctor. That's it. That's all I could remember really, you know? So, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I ha- had, totally missed it when it came out it just wasn't a priority to me to catch up with it it kind of felt like a whole wave of movies from those years 99 2000 2001 in horror that i was like eh, i'm okay <laughs> i don't need that in my life that's not for me i like that no i mean i just remember this movie it being one of those when it came out it was one of those like moments where it was like this movie is so fucking scary you're not gonna believe it and blah, blah, and as a kid, like part of me was like terrified to watch it, but then I was also like, there's no fucking way this movie's as scary as it is. And the first time I saw it, I, it's weird because I think I still feel the exact same way now as I did then. Like, Famke Jensen is hot. I want to murder Chris Kattan. There are parts in this movie that are legitimately like pant shittingly frightening. What's interesting is this and. 13 Ghosts were the first two releases on Dark Castle Entertainment. Sure. And the whole thing was like, we're going we're gonna to remake all of William Castle's films. Guess how many of his films they remade? Just those two? Two. Just those two. <laughs> because 13 Ghosts was such a pile of shit. They're like, uh, you know what, fuck it. They really fucked it up with 13 Ghosts. They really did. Well, let's not, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, okay, we'll talk sorry. There. So um, I guess one of the reasons I really like this movie is that it has a lot of stuff that I think 
boring ass unimaginative horror films used to be scary but this movie kind of did it before it became beaten in all of our heads like the the jacob's ladder head shake kind of the weird there 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 has to be some kind of like weird film speed the way some of some of these characters move uh but when you watch this movie and you completely like take away that i think this movie has like a handful of really 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 effective parts um I still think the scene when the um, the one character who's like a wannabe journalist, she's like wandering around the house with like her, her camera and she like walks in the operating theater mm-hmm. and she, you can see the fucking operating thing going on in her camera. Right. But then they're not there and everyone stops and they all look up at her. That is so effective and so creepy that I don't think, well, of course what they do next is like, there's like a spooky creature in the corner that comes in and does whatever to her. That's what I think is kind of a shortcoming for this movie is they obviously knew how to make really, really dreadful, terrifying imagery without being, without falling back on like kind of like hackneyed beat to death uh, techniques. And yet they do several times. Um, the scene where, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush is being like tortured by those mad doctors. Yeah. And the the nurse is like they're like doing all this weird shit to him, and and the nurse is like looking down, and she's like grimacing at him. Um, and then the thing comes up over her shoulder, and it's doing the, the Jacob's ladder thing. That nurse is unsettling enough. Everything that they're doing to him is unsettling enough. They didn't need any weird camera tricks to make that scene any creepier. But I think just the climate of horror films at the time sort of like pushed it in there. Side note: that nurse is played by I forget the actress's name, but it's the same actress who played Gozer in Ghostbusters. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I, I mean, there, there's just some really terrifying, creepy scenes in this movie. But what I think drags it down and drags it down quite a bit is Chris Kattan's performance. I think Chris Kattan in this movie is absolutely and completely insufferable. And I think he, I still like this movie, but I think he he, he, he ruins this movie. That's really interesting. Um I I far be it for me to defend Chris Kattan, either his performance or his humanity. Is he a bad person? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he's. Uh, I thought he was uh, the same as uh, Rob Schneider on the whole. Like, uh, we love the Trumpster. Oh, really? I thought him and Rob and and James Woods were like in a club together. Here's the thing: I might be, I might be more offended by Chris Kattan's performance if I cared about the rest of the movie more. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. Um, okay. The scene with the video camera uh, where she sees the doctors, whatever, that is pretty scary. Yeah. I think the beginning where we see the what's going on with the uh, how the hospital sort of gets overrun by the patients. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Um, the rest of the movie is like charming. I really love uh, Jeffrey Rush sort of chewing the scenery and being the worst possible. He's great in this. Yeah, I I love him in it. Um, I don't care about the rest of the movie. It's just vaguely charming. I was not, other than that scene with the video camera, I was not even a little bit uncomfortable the entire movie. Really? Nothing is scary for me in this movie. I think, I mean, well, nothing is, I, I think there's a lot of like neat, semi-spooky things like there's the scene when um jeffrey rush finds like the the camera guy like the operator 
with his face like scooped out. Sure. And he looks at the monitor and you see like Jeffrey Combs as the doctor. Like just the way that guy walks. Yeah. There's just something that's like unsettling about that. It's not like it, it okay. It didn't have the same effect on me that like let's say Z did, where I f- all freaked out. Um but I I think this movie gets shit on a lot and it gets like dumped into a category that it doesn't really deserve to get dumped in. I mean, don't be wrong. I do think it's better than I've seen people give it credit for. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, you remade a beloved, I, I would argue that House on Haunted Hill, the original, is the least, is the most interesting William Castle film for me that, okay. I've, that I've seen. Maybe there's one that I don't know about. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen a ton, so that's on me for being somewhat ignorant. But in what I've seen, that's the one where I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm into yeah. that, you know, as opposed to the, what we're going to talk about next. So I get why people shit on it because it's like, well, you made a mediocre remake of a film that's beloved and you went in a different direction. Yeah. Like I think the people who love House on the Hill aren't like, that film is fucking terrifying. You know, I think they like it for the camp. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this movie does something that I think happened a lot in the late 90s, early 2000s, which was like, what if, guys, what if we were scary and campy at the same time. Well, no, that doesn't fucking work, actually. Yeah. It's not like spicy and sweet, where you're like, I didn't think those would go together, but w- what do you know? It's they do. It's not like peanut butter pretzel ice cream. You're like, huh, who knew? Well, that's out. Let, let me let me interject on that one. If it doesn't occur to you that peanut butter or pretzel ice cream would, would obviously be delicious, there's something wrong with you. That's an obvious combination. Those things obviously go together. Then say there's then there's something wrong with me. Well, I will, that's easy for me to I'm do. I'm just saying. It's not, well, let's put it another way. It's not like uh, when little babies had the uh, coriander pumpkin ice cream. Because I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't know if that's going to work. And then I had it and I was like, oh, well, that's delicious. That's amazing. This is more like if they took their pizza ice cream and then um, put human feces in it. Okay, that's a little dramatic. It is, but that's the thing, is that I think that the film would work better if it had stuck with being ridiculous, which it already has the seeds for. In fact, I would say if it had stuck with being ridiculous, bring on your Chris Kattan. He doesn't annoy me then, because the whole movie is all movies like that, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that it's also trying to be scary, I would argue it's not just Chris Kattan, my man. Famke? 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 Famke. Famke? She doesn't work in this movie, man. You don't think so? Bad. Oh, I love her in this movie. Oh, uh, horrible. She's never a human. All she is is one snarky line that she delivers at her husband over and over again for the whole of, well, uh, he's dead anyway. Oh, I would kill you. Oh, why don't you just stop all this ridiculous? At no point is she a human being the entire film. She exists solely to remind Jeffrey Rush that she's fucking other men. Yeah, and to basically. Try to, and to try to piss him off. Yeah, it's... I it doesn't matter the point is not to shit on uh actress that i mostly enjoy it's to say if you wanted this movie to actually be scary you needed more humans in it okay but all of the humans who act like humans in the film are boring they even are ty diggs bor- yes especially him I will not they don't do stand for the slander against Ty Diggs on this podcast. I think it's Tay, actually. Tay Diggs. Yeah, I think it's Tay Diggs. Well, that's worse. That, well, I'm sorry. If that's the worst I'm going to say about Mr. Diggs, that's better than anything you've said well, about him. Well, the point about Mr. Diggs is not that he's a bad actor. I find him endearing. It's that he doesn't get to do much in this movie. 
No one gets to do that much. Even our man Combs, Coombs, Combs, Jeffrey Combs, Combs, he gets a few cool shots where he looks menacing. Yeah. He doesn't get to do much. What else do you want from him? I want them to pull back on some of the truly painful CGI, which is what the film culminates in. The end of the movie is one long, shitty CGI sequence. Oh, but I think it kind of works. No, it doesn't work uh, even a little bit. Every mm, second of it makes me think. When it's okay, well, this is embarrassing for you guys. When this is when it's right when now. it's when it's turning into the faces of people from the movie, it's unbearable. I don't like it at all. When it's one just the weird amorphous mass moving through the house, I think it kind of works. Ooh, scary shadow! Oh, there's a shadow, and it's scary. Yeah, that's terrifying. No. And it All doesn't right. even look like a shadow. It looks like bad uh, Neo Geo graphics. Okay. Sega CD, maybe? Mm. I might give it Sega CD. The point is is that, that I'm not saying the movie doesn't have its charms, but I'm saying I don't think it works because it wants to like take William Castle and like Give him teeth. Let's give William Castle teeth. And I'm like, no, man, just do it. It could have just been a really fun movie. Um, And then, as I said before, watching them in the order I did, some of the true sins of 13 Ghosts are in this movie a little bit. So, like, you know, the shaky head stuff from Jacob's Ladder or the even the weird movement stuff. And there's just a lot of... um, 1999 horror or two early 2000s yeah horror or whatever you want to, a lot of those cliche moments that if i was again it's it's the same thing as like i would say that you know beyond hypothermia is like the er text for a lot of terrible metal metalcore but i find the record still impressive this i just don't find this movie impressive enough that i'm not bummed out when i'm like oh that's a moment that everyone is going to do for eight years yeah. It's going to be in every horror movie for like eight years after this. Um, that stuff bums me out a little bit because I'm not as charmed by the movie. In fact, I would say if you took Jeffrey Rush out of the movie, I don't know that I would even say I like the movie. He's your favorite thing about this movie? I think so. Interesting. He's very good. I think he's really good. I think, I, I mean, what Jeffrey Combs gets to do is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I just wish he was able to do more. And, you know, Chris Kattan doesn't ruin it for me, but it doesn't help. He certainly isn't a plus. He's unbearable for me. Again, if the whole thing was a goofy, silly, campy excursion, maybe he's not so bad. But even then, I'm not convinced he would work because he's just not, he's never been believable as anything. I just hate his, the way like, he's, his whole thing is like, his his mode in this entire movie is like, it's it's one line and it's, it's a variation of the line we have to get out of here because we're going to die. That's his whole thing. It's like he understands like how bad things are going to get. And he's this doomsayer the whole movie. And it gets so fucking annoying after the third time he does it. Well, because he, he supposedly has all this insight into what's going on, but then can't actually help in any way. He is no, he's just aware that things are bad. He just but, has to be like dramatically cryptic about it. And, and it's drunk. Dumb. He's just getting drunk. It's cold. annoying as shit. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't, it's not necessary. You need a character like that at the beginning so that we understand the stakes. Yeah. But at some point, he should turn a corner in some way and be helpful. And at the end of the movie, they treat him that way because when he dies, at the end, his ghost, you see him like lifting the weights for the window to lift it up. Like they treated like he had this like. Utterly insulting. It's, yeah, it's like he didn't do anything to earn that. 
also does it make sense that all the other ghosts are sucked into this terrible cgi thing and then he's like not me not me the strength of my will and my hope that's what i'm saying like if he no, if he had died if he had died like doing something like valiant and like sacrificing right. his own life right i could understand some like asshole saccharine idea where like right you know the strength of his spirit resisted the darkness that exists within the house something none of that happens no he doesn't there's no redemptive arc for his character whatsoever i'm not even saying a movie like this necessarily needs redemption but you have it in the sense of he gets to be the deus ex machina yeah though we've written ourselves into a stupid corner that we didn't really need to it's a fucking chris Catan save the day let's just have his ghost i'd rather die than let chris Catan save me jesus christ could go on record and say that i just feel like they ran out of ideas they've yeah. got they've got this deep the frustrating thing for me is the secret insane asylum in the basement is not a bad idea it's a very 1999 idea yes like you're watching it going here we go and, you know and even some of the designs like how long afterwards were we gonna let every design just be like guys have you heard of this dude marilyn manson have you heard of him what if we like take some of his style? And like, I was also thinking, have you guys seen the Nine Inch Nails video? Closer, have you seen? Closer, have you seen it? We're gonna take some of that. Too. Video of the beautiful people. Have you seen it? Yeah, we're gonna take some of that imagery, all of the imagery from it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be all of it. And um, uh, have you guys seen Fire in the Sky? <laughs> Fuck you! It's nothing like that. <laughs> no, but I do think like some of the weird like steampunkness of the alien part in Fire in the Sky influenced some of these designers later. No, because I think some of the steampunk stuff in Fire in the Sky was influenced by Jacob's Ladder and all this. No, stuff that's was, true. Was was was. No, uh, I'm saying that this stuff later took from Jacob's. Oh ladder, my god! But... I just realized that the aliens in Fire in the Sky were steampunk. Now that makes them so much worse. You didn't know they were steampunk. I didn't realize I they were we steampunk. Talk, we talked about this when we covered. Did you the use episode. the word steampunk? I did. Oh my I god. Did. They are steampunks. Yeah. For whatever reason, what year did Fire in the Sky come out? 93. Yeah, in the 90s, we were really worried about old stuff. Old stuff. Like, even think about the Marilyn Manson in the Closer video. Those are Nails in the Closer video. Yeah, you're right. The Marilyn Manson. The, oh, Marilyn Manson was the what? Beautiful, beautiful people. people. So think about the Beautiful People video in the Closer video, right? Those are also haunting because everything is dirty and old. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. Like, if the same things happened to those videos, but the room had been swept, you'd be, be like, fine. it's fine. <laughs> it's just Trent Reznor on a fucking Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. Um, well, and that's the thing here, right? Is like, the upstairs is all fancy and modern, right? And then they get in the basement, and the basement is like old and dirty. Yeah. And then they don't do, I mean, the the okay, take the sequence where she follows not Tay Diggs to a giant vat, vat of blood. blood the, you know the vat just, of blood they have in the cellar. And then cellar. just falls into the vat of blood. Yeah. And then has trouble like getting out of the vat, I guess. Yeah. She doesn't quite fall in, but she's like being pulled into the yeah, vat. Yeah, she's reaching in the vat of blood to save him, and he's like, what are you t- What are you doing? I'm right here. Yeah. I. Again, what a waste of our... That whole sequence is a waste of our time. Like, her following not Tay Diggs, I was like, okay, this could be interesting. To have it culminate in, I almost got in a vat of blood. I almost felt a vat of blood. Why is there a vat of blood? It doesn't, it's so unnecessary. I just think that's how I feel about the film, about this particular movie, is like there's a lot of seeds of cool stuff that don't go anywhere. And they rely just on the like, the set design. They rely just on the like, we came up with this idea of this one moment. But like getting into the freakiness of this, you know, 
underneath this house, people were being experimented on, yeah, and yeah. tortured, and and these were mentally unwell people, which already make us nervous because we're uncomfortable with people who have mental illness. So the way we decided to capitalize on all that stuff was a weird CGI ghost thing that comes out of a rusty room. I mean, it's really just there's one room that's rustier than all the other fucking rooms. Okay. We call it the tetanus hole. That It's not the tetanus hole. Well, you know what we'll I mean? We'll call it the tetanus hole. But you know, what I'm saying is... Dude, something about that room creeped me out, though. See, didn't bother me at all because I wanted what I want is him to go in the room, and there is something upsetting in the room. But it's like the door. Oh, first of all, the door is just that's horrifying to me because I was just like, everyone's gonna get tetanus. What the fuck? But then when you're in the room, it's just a dirty, rusty room, and there's a shadow in there. That doesn't spook you out? No, not at all. There's a okay. If we just for whatever reason broke down, if we broke down the walls in your basement right now, right, as we were wont to do, right, and there's just a room. That was filled with rust. Just that was dusty and filthy. That wouldn't freak you out. And a shadow when nah, they're doing who knows what. Nah, dog. Fuck, man. I'm just thinking about that right now and getting creeped out. No, I think there should have been something more in that room. I just feel like the 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 payoff wasn't there for it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, don't be wrong. Coming at coming at House on Haunted Hill 1999's neck is kind of a waste of time. Like I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be like guys. Let me break down the idol. Liam me, is killing me, all the sacred cows. Let today. me crush your idol. That's not my because I actually do think overall the movie's charming. Yeah, it's just frustrating to me to watch it and think, man, they could have done so much more. It would have been cool too if we had more of an idea of what Jeffrey Rush's character had planned. He's clearly there to spook him. He's going to yeah. spook him. Yeah, we're going to spook him. Other than seeing a dude in a room with some TVs, no indication of what spoken was going to be. Yeah. It would have been cool to know. And then uh, I think her plot, having this the guy in there and then the shooting him and whatever, that is not well thought out. No, all. I was going to say, like, I, I, far be, I don't like to pick these things apart, but this was so glaring. It was like, so why did the house pick these other random people to come there and it just happened to pick this guy? But then they say they're like everyone. They were the descendants of the survivors. That's what I'm saying. But he wasn't. So why why did it why did it spare him? Like why was the house like you know what that'd be really cool if we let her kill her husband like that? We in on that? Like let's. It doesn't make sense. So I'm saying it's it's just it's just this weird random thing that's like it doesn't really bring anything. I mean, no. there's a twist, but it could work if it it could work if there wasn't like a the twist that like the people were related to everyone there who escaped. Well, and the idea that the guns were her deal and not Jeffrey Rush's deal, right? Yeah, yeah. If I'm a dude who's known for scaring people and controlling situations, the moment a bunch of guns show up that I'm not in charge of, this is someone else has brought the guns, yeah. I go, well, I think uh, simulation's over. Let's, yeah, exactly. let's stop. We're, we now have we're not loaded doing this weapons. Anymore. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, I don't. Anyways, I'm sorry. We, I don't mean to pull this apart. I will say... Uh, it's weird that it is still pretty fun though. I was pretty entertained fun, yeah. most of the movie. I just think I I think if the ending didn't if I didn't dislike the ending so much, I think the rest of the movie I'd be like, yeah, it's a fun time. It's good. It's whatever. You know what I mean? It's good. But I think I really unlike I think you kind of like the CGI thing at the end. I just found it really frustrating. And I, and and then of course the 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 stepping in of of fucking Chris Kattan like don't worry I got this guys. I was like it's god damn it this is terrible. It that scene is I'm trying to think of a scene in, in, in another scene in a movie that that's like it's like, it's like that bad for me. Like I honestly I can't think of anything that where I get like it, that fucking angry and and annoyed at, at a character in a movie. Um 
No, I mean, I, I think I think one of the reasons that the CGI thing works for me in a weird way is that it doesn't have the, quite the same effect as like the claymation at the end of Evil Dead does, in which it gets something like truly nightmarish across. But I think the fact that it looks so janky and bad, like okay, the re- it, this actually is it just dawned on me. The CGI is at its weakest when it's trying to look like actual people. But it tries to have a shape the whole time. It has uh, a shape the whole time of like it, a center head and wings coming out. So when, when it when it's this constant like morphing thing, I think that in theory is kind of cool. Maybe. But when it turns into people and starts being like, "Why don't you come party with us?" Then I'm like, "Get fucked!" Like, yeah. no, you're not scary anymore. Yeah. When you're like a weird fractal thing that's like spreading across the house, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of spooky to me. I might think the idea was spooky, but the way it looked, I thought looked stupid. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea of the monsters in a quiet place is cool, but then I saw them and thought they were dumb. Oh, Jesus. Are you serious? Yeah. We talked about this. I don't like that movie. <sighs> I know. And I don't like the monsters. I think the monsters are scary. No, I think they look okay. stupid. Anything else to say about House on Haunted Hill 1999? Uh, no. All right. I, I mean, look, I think if you're someone who is stoked on the 90s, this is the culmination of what was going on in 90s horror. I think this really is sort of like the last hurrah of a lot of cliches around 90s horror for good and for bad, you know? So I think it's a fun watch. I can see putting it on at a party with a bunch of people, yeah. you know? Um, but if you're someone who's like, you know, skeptical on this sort of thing, this isn't going to sell you. This isn't the movie to make you go, you know, maybe I need to really give the works of Chris Kattan another chance. Maybe I need to watch A Night at the Roxbury one more time. <laughs> one more time. Because I know you've watched A Night at the Roxbury a bunch of times. You have anything else to say about Chris Kattan and the House on Haunted Hill? No. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about 2001's uh, Thur 13N Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. We'll be right back. There are ghosts around us all the time. Most of them, they can't hurt us. Most of them don't even want to hurt us. But there are exceptions. Is it bad tonight? Oh, bad is my professional opinion. We should get the hell out of here. Now. I represent the estate of your Uncle Cyrus. We have an Uncle Cyrus? Cyrus recorded this message six weeks ago. He asked it to be played for you in the event of his death. Arthur, I've instructed my lawyer to deliver my last will and testament. A key? A key to what? A key to your new house. This house is the fruit of my life's work. Oh, my God. It is a one-of-a-kind home. It's marvelous, isn't it? Wow. Arthur, we've got some papers to sign in the library. After that, I would love to take you and the family around the tour of the house. This place is awesome. All right, now I know I'm dreaming. Well, your uncle was quite a collector of many things. What the hell was that? This Halloween. You're wasting your time. It's all sealed up. The only thing worse than being trapped in a house with a ghost. This house is not a house. We're in the middle of a machine, powered by the dead. 
is being trapped in a house with 13 ghosts. Maggie! What? We got company. Where? I can't see. How close is it? Close enough to hurt you. Go, 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 go! I guarantee nothing. And we are back to talk about 2001's 13 Ghosts. 13 13 Ghosts. Directed by Steve Beck, written by Rob White, Neil Marshall Stevens, someone else. I'm assuming, is it his his castle's daughter? Hmm. No, she had nothing to do with this. Good for her. No, she produced it, co-producer. Starring Tony Shalhoub, um, M. Beth Davids, Shannon Elizabeth, Matthew Lillard, and F. Murray Abraham, and Rod Digger. Uh, un- unapologetically, she's the best part of the movie. Uh, mm, unapologetically, no. I will say she's the best part of the movie. No, Rod Digger sucks as a rapper and sucks as an actress. Oh, I am going to disagree with you on both counts. Okay. Uh, she's not a great actress. Okay. She basically just, they just have Rod Digger yellow butch. It's almost offensive. With she, she is like it's right on the edge. It really is like right there. I mean, is it the worst part of the movie though? No, no, not even close. The rest of the movie is. Uh, okay. So, what happens in this movie? What's this movie about? Um, there's a rich guy who is a fucking horrible person. Yeah, he decides to enslave people who happen to not be alive in order to further his own gains. Yeah, can... ghosts are real, and you can trap them in boxes. Yeah. And. His family, he has like a... And he finds him with Matthew Lillard, Matthew. who is like a weird cyberpunk guy who gets migraines. Yeah. And he's always grabbing his head and crying like a little baby. Just oh, the whole, come on. The whole movie, he's just going, ah! Come on, he explains it. That's... It's too many times. You don't need him. It's a little too much. Little Every too five much. minutes, he's just like, ah! First of all, his acting of the migraines is the worst physical it's acting I've much. ever seen. It's a little much. And he does it so much while still trying to be like cool. Like he's he's supposed to be the badass one in the film. I don't know. He has a couple zing. He has a couple great lines in this movie. Dude, when they're like, we need to go in the basement. He's like, weren't you just listening to me? What I say? There's a petting zoo down there. Let's clarify. That's a spicy Let's clarify. Line. First of all, the fact that Matthew Lillard has any good lines in this movie shows that this movie is struggling. Second of all, he doesn't need to fall on the ground grabbing his dumbass head every ten minutes. Okay, that's not Matthew Lillard. It's a little. That's not his fault. No, I don't actually have a problem with Matthew Lillard. Yeah. I'm just saying he's not that compelling. So the fact that he's like one of the best parts of the movie is See, problem number one. Okay, so my thesis with this was about these two movies was this movie has a lot of really cool mythology floating around in it. I mean, we get this hodgepodge thrown at us by like a fucking Google expert. Sure. But the idea that there is a machine that was built by a monk who was possessed that was designed by the devil to have these ghost power and it's based on some weird anti-Zodiac thing. That's a cool story. That's a cool occult ghosty story. I'm all in for that. But the way they execute it is so fucking dull and boring. The actual filmmaking is some of the worst I've seen in my it's life. So bad. The edits, the cuts, everything about this movie oh. is like fucking seizure inducing. <laughs> and I, I just like I, the th- the the thing that makes that makes me really angry about this movie is 
I, again, I'm all for the, I mean, when I really think about it and you, you and I are going to talk about this when there's this, like, cause the whole thing is they have like the, 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 the glass panes that are inscribed right. in Latin and the ghost right. can't go past that right. on the surface. I think that's kind of a cool idea, but then I really think about it, like, wait, but what if the ghost can't read Latin? Right. Like that fucking guy who's like the ghost of a junkyard worker who has like an eighth grade education. He's not going to fucking know what the Latin says. It's magical even if they don't know what it says. It's I get like, that, but it's it's sort of it's it's sort of the whole thing with like do, do crosses work on Jewish vampires for me. It just it 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 suggests it suggests like a an objectively right religion, and I just think that's kind of fucking dumb. That's so weird. That's like the least interesting part for me. I never got past the shit show of the movie to even even when you say positively, well, there's a lot of cool lore here. I'm like, I didn't notice. I don't the whole time. I mean, yeah. the whole a so the the theory, so the way the film works is we're opened up with them capturing these ghosts, right? And the guy supposedly dies who is orchestrating this. Yeah. Thing. So then uh, we jump to uh, his also a twist at the end that I couldn't care less about. Right. So then we jump to Tony Shalhoub and he finds out this is his. You know, I guess it's his uncle. His right? uncle, yeah. He's left him in this house. They get to the house. Oh, real Immediately, quick. it's scary. Re- and I, 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 I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you what you think about this, right? Sure. Uh, this movie was made in 2001, starring Shannon Elizabeth as, I, I guess we'll say, a teenager in this movie. Yeah. She was supposed to be, let's say she was supposed to be 13. Let's say she's supposed to say she was 18 years old. Yeah. How old do you think Shannon Elizabeth was when they made this movie? 30. Close. She was 28. She certainly doesn't look like a teenager. No, she looks like his like younger. She looks like his sister, or like inappropriately young girlfriend. I could accept that she was his daughter, but it's like she looks like his daughter who's living with him while she goes to grad school. Exactly. Like it doesn't feel. And they like... never specify how old she is, which makes no. it even creepier. Okay, I, I mean, okay, guys. <sighs> For those of you who haven't seen the movie, which I hope is all of you, there's a bunch of stuff here that you have to sort of buy into immediately to even follow the film. So there are ghosts that are more scary and dangerous than other ghosts. Yeah. And our mans wants to trap these ghosts. It has been trapping these ghosts. Uh, And there are some other people who want to stop him, which, by the way, the reveal of that being a double cross is so cornball. It's so so, so un- uncompelling that it's... Unearned in any way. Yeah. So then they get to this magical house, and the house is like, just inside this machine that will use these ghosts to, I don't know, open some shit. doesn't matter. The house is supposed to be cool because it's made of glass. Not exclusively, but mostly glass and Large metal. Largely glass, yeah. Largely glass. It looks so stupid. And it turns out that if you make a, a house largely of glass and metal and you don't really show anything else, then a lot of the house just looks the same. Yeah. If you had told me that 90% of the house scenes were all shot in the same hallway and they just kept changing the angles, I would believe It looks you. like that, yeah. It's until, unless they're in a room that has furniture, it's impossible to tell any part of the house from another part of the house. Yeah. So without any discernible geography, it's not scary because you don't actually know when anyone's close. And then when they do want to show you the ghosts are close, the whole point is that you can't see the ghosts. Guys, guys, guys. There are these goggles. The goggles have little lights on the end, which looks very 2001. And those goggles, they're not even goggles, they're like glasses, let you see ghosts. Yes. But they want to communicate that what you're seeing when you see the ghost, you wouldn't be able to see by the goggles. So the way they do that is they just cut back and forth. 
oh, we can see the ghost. Now we can't see it. We can see the ghost. Now we can't see it. And they do this editing. I would put money down that there's no less than a thousand cuts in this movie between a ghost moving towards you and then not there and then moving towards you. And it's always done with like this really quick white out, like a flash. I swear to God, if you have epilepsy, you will have a seizure watching yeah. this movie. And it is so disconcerting. And I get that this was the time when people were starting to go, oh, movies should look like MTV. But like, this makes MTV music videos look like fucking Tarkovsky. Like that's, the edits are so insane. <laughs> You never understand what's happening. People are moving. You don't understand why. Um, and it feels like all of the actual energy of the film went into the design of these ghosts. And the design of the ghosts is so excessive that when they finally explain who these ghosts are supposed to be, it's utterly unbelievable. Like, you're just like, no, this is just, this is a, this is a cosplay film. Yeah. This is a film in which you've created a bunch of cosplay. But there's no reason, like, uh, you know, the 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 small mom and the giant son. That's the great child and the dire mother. Sure, whatever the fuck. There's no actual reason that exists. Uh, if you go on, if you go on the Thirteen Ghost Wiki, there's oh actually, cool, yeah, oh great. so cool, it's yeah. not explained in the movie at all. The there's 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 you know you said the railway worker, the giant dude, he's covered in nails. Yeah. Why is he covered in nails? I, that's what I'm saying. It looks cool, I guess. The, uh, the only one that is upsetting, but you don't really need an explanation, the torso. No, yeah. he, you just know people get murdered. So when you see the torso, and he's, it's like, oh, I guess that makes sense. What makes it even like more upsetting if you go on the 13 Ghost Wiki, which yeah. you have, yeah. they say, like they make a note about that. They're like, the torso is one of the more benevolent ghosts. And I'm like, because you can't fucking do anything. Well, and here's the other thing, though. It also posits... <laughs> That if you are chopped up and you become back into the world as a spirit, you will not be reunited with your limbs. No. They're just gone. No, no, they're not gone. They're next to you. Because his head is like hanging out too. They barely show it. Mostly you just see him moving. They just were so stoked that they found an actor without legs. Yeah. That they just keep showing you him moving on his hands. And yeah. it's like not that cool. It's not cool enough. But that's, I mean, that's the thing with this movie. First of all, there's anti-ghost flares. That's that that's, alone that's should make stupid. you go. Oh, that's I'm really done. dumb. It's come on. It's so stupid. <laughs> but though, like, let's say there's a ghost coming. Yeah. They have to show you the various cuts of the ghost running, which, like, the idea that the ghost has to run at you is already just stupid. Yeah. But the ghost is running at you, and then you throw the ghost flare. They have to show you five different angles on the ghost flare. Yeah. And then show you the ghost go, oh, no, it's a ghost flare, and run away. Yeah. And that's it. As far as we know, ghosts are just afraid of sparks. Yeah. There's or objects never... being thrown at them. I guess. I don't know. It's so upsetting. Okay. Maybe y'all don't know, but the original 13 Ghosts is entirely a, a castle gimmick film. It's a gimmick film. Yeah, like couldn't like half the audience see like the ghosts and the other half couldn't? Yeah, it was like a, and it, I, I think it used like 3D glass technology yeah. and whatever like that. I'd say glass was probably plastic, but you know what I mean. And yet, despite the fact that it's a remake with, I would argue, maybe more of a plot than the original, it manages to lose anything valuable about the original 13 Ghosts. Yeah, there's no fun. It's, it's not a fun movie at all. No part of it is fun. It, it takes itself so seriously. Like when they reveal that the fourth ghost is actually um, Tony Shalhoub's late wife, 
like oh cool oh neat wow that's that's so cool oh i didn't oh and then like the final ghost is like an act of love and they're like you have to kill yourself to do that and then he just way doesn't and then it still works what well he would have to kill himself to open the rift yeah but he doesn't but then they they close they they stop the machine i forget how they stop oh yeah they throw what's his the ghost throw what's his face in there yeah 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 so why what no, it doesn't. Oh, and the, the very fa- the fact that the okay, the fact that they had Tony Shalhoub's late wife as one of the ghosts, you you kept thinking like she's gonna come and save the day. She's gonna be the one that's gonna stop all this. No, nope. none of that. There's no fucking payoff for her being one of the ghosts. It doesn't do even her her name is like the wilted withered lover or whatever. Why she was burnt? Like Tony Shalhoub was a great husband by all accounts. She went like scorned. She was she burned to death. Guys, it's so bad. This movie, if you took Matthew Lillard's character out of this and put that same character arc into The House on Haunted Hill, yeah. my thesis is that like the ending with Chris Kattan were, would have worked better if Matthew Lillard's character was in there because Matthew Lillard's character dies yeah. by sacrificing himself. Yeah. So like if that something like that had happened with his character in House on Haunted Hill and at the very end he did the thing, you're like, Okay, so he went from being the snide prick to being like, okay, like I'm actually kind of a good guy, like that. But I don't think uh, House on Haunted Hill utilized enough slow motion shaky cam stuff. No, not at all. For Matthew Lillard's character, because the whole movie, when he's not making snarky comments, yeah, they're showing him fall to the ground in slow motion and grab his head and then see visions of things which are not help. If you're gonna have a character who gets visions, yeah, it'd be super cool if those visions move the plot along. Yeah, or gave you some insight. They don't. His spoil his death like 20 minutes into the movie. Because you see him getting the shit beat out of him. I have a question for you, Liam. Yeah. How much of this movie do you think was shot in super slow motion to real quick sped up footage back to slow motion? How many minutes overall do you think? So this film is what? Uh, uh, 90 minutes? Let's 95 say it minutes? is... Uh, beep, beep, beep. This film is one hour and 31 minutes. Yes. 91 minutes. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like 25 minutes too long. But um, I would say, if I had to guess, 40 minutes. Oh, easily. Yeah. God. It's, uh, okay, again, it's not really that fun to just sit here and shit on a movie. Um, I mean, it, it is, but go on. But it's not as fun as you would think. No. I would love rather to get into like analyzing something that we love. I will say it's interesting because... These movies should be very similar. They're both remakes of Castle films by not the same exact people, but similar people. Yeah. They're produced by the same people. And yet, whatever charm and entertainment House on Haunted Hill has, they just lose it. This movie has none of it. They just lose it. And in this movie, you've got motherfucking Tony Shalhoub, who I actually really like. Yeah, he's great. He just whines. The whole fucking movie, he just whines. Even once it becomes clear what the stakes are. He's just still kind of like, oh, uh, uh, and you're like, bro, what What do you need right now? I don't know what you need. In his defense, his kids are in danger of dying. No, I get it, but he doesn't have, they, they never see fit to give him much agency until it doesn't matter anymore. By the yeah. time he has some agency, you're like, all right, I guess fucking save the kid. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. That's why, that's actually why I defend Rod Digga. In not acting, in just being 
uh, I, I mean, uh, what Justin is referring to, and let me be clear, that Rod Digger plays uh, a nanny for the Tony Shalhoub family, and she is uh, basically like a urban stereotype the whole movie. Just, just oh, hell no, the whole movie, right? Yeah. But in her not acting, like she's just doing probably what she would do in real life if this was happening to her, a lot of her responses. It doesn't seem like she's created a character. She's just yelling. That feels so much more authentic than most of the acting in this film. I guess. I just think Rod Diggle would be like, all right, I'm leaving. Or I'm, or I'm not going can't. in there. I'm not going in there. See, when they first go in, there's no menace. I will say that's the only thing that works, right? By the time they realize something's wrong, they can't leave. Yeah. You know? And I, 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 A, the rest of the movie for me is so um, over the top and stupid that the occasional like real comment from Rod Digga. Now, do I think this is manipulative? Like this is this is like actually an attempt to be like, how do we get the urban audience into this R movie? Rod Digga, I think it's a good play. Rod Digga three, three to four years too late. Well, fair. But the point is is that you know, and like I get that. On the other hand, um, you know, I still think she for me added something where I'm like <laughs> All right, I feel you, you know, because everyone else is, again, you're right, Matthew Lillard has some lines, but most of the other people in the movie are just very frustrating to me yeah. and not charming. In any, and one of the worst offenders for me is the little kid. Yo, that little kid. It's a real cliche for adults to be like, I don't like kids in movies. Um, and there are plenty of examples that go against that. But this is, you know, the next time someone says, I don't know what the big deal is about little kids in movies, and you want to come at them, you could just say, well, have you seen 13 Ghosts? Because <laughs> this kid could not be, I, it was, it's hard to imagine him being worse in this role, for my, for my taste. This kid is up there, and um, for me, this kid is up there with children in movies, for me, as the kids in War of the Worlds. Yep. Completely fucking useless. Yep. And not to say that, like, a person's worth is valued by how useful they are, but all this kid does in this movie is put the lives of others at risk because he's fucking stupid. Well, again, it's a writing thing, right? Like someone decided we need a kid for emotional impact, but they can't they can't be a character with agents. We can't have them do anything. Yeah. We just need a kid there to make things more, to heighten the risk. And it doesn't work because you don't care about him. There's yeah. nothing interesting or charming about him. Like... I'm pretty sure he's wearing a toupee, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you, you could just say a wig. I think it's just a wig. Yeah. But, um, man, it's just, again, the bar was so low. 13 Ghosts gave you a template, the original, and you could have just done a modern, updated, better special effects version of that. Yeah. And I think no one would have been like, well, it's just like the other one. People would have been like, oh, that's fun. Wow. You've recreated the goofy silliness of the original 13 Ghosts. Way to go. That's amazing. Yeah. And instead they were like, what if we just, yes, yes, we have 13 Ghosts, sure. But we've got this whole mythology that we're going to put it in. And, and Matthew Lillard, he's really cool right now. And no one's ever going to know except they go online and look it up. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. And it it just left me feeling very frustrated. Were Again, you mad be- that, that Dark Castle stopped remaking William Castle movies because you never got to see a remake of The Tingler? <laughs> well, again, no, because they would have tried to make The Tingler like a real gritty, <laughs> serious fucking thing, you know? It's like, it's like how everyone 
it, it kind of <laughs> it kind of reminds me of whenever people talk about Batman, everyone asks, acts like, um, like Batman has always been the Dark Knight, and yeah. there was never any like, look at all my different colored bat suits, Robin. Yeah. Now let's go find Bat Dog and Bat Boy. Yeah. And Bat Girl and Bat Sister and Bat Woman and the Bat gra- Family, Grandma Bat, and you know what I mean, like. They obviously knew. I mean, they had seen these William Castle movies. They obviously knew they were in the spirit of fun, even as they were trying to scare the audience. It was like not gritty, disturbing. But you know, there's this feeling. You know, it's it's the end of the nineties, the end of two thousands. Everything has to be like you know. I mean, think about it. Like this was a common thing in the wake of films like Blair Witch and films like Fight Club and whatever. There was this feeling of like. Now's the time of that gritty, rea- gritty reality. So dumb. It was all bad. It was all bad. <sighs> Anyways, Thirteen Ghosts is an avoid-at-all-cost movie for me. If you have not seen it, and you're like, "Well, I love bad movies. I'll watch it." I mean, I guess if you like a certain kind of bad, you might think this was fun. If you have actual bad taste in movies, then yeah, it's just not fun. It's not fun. No, it's it's not. I mean, like I said, I, I like Matthew Lillard, so his role in this movie, I'm like, it's kind of endearing, but there's just so much wrong with this movie that... It literally feels like a movie in which a bunch of cosplayers are invisible and want to murder you. And that's like just what happens. That's They're just thing murderous cosplayers. It's called 13 Ghosts, and the fucking ghosts are so flat and like just dumb. Right. They're like, again, they're cool makeup designs, and that's it. They're, they they don't do even you know so the giant railroad guy covered in nails, I guess that's kind of cool, right? He just looks scary, like he doesn't physically do much until he beats Matthew Lillard to death. Most of the movie he just wanders around. I like, think Whoa. the Juggernaut beat Matthew Lillard. Oh, to death. you're right, that's true. Yeah, the Hammer is the guy with the. Yeah, you're right. Right. I can name all the thirteen ghosts. Do you want to hear? I them? would rather you not do that. Okay. Okay. But um, he's like menacing Matthew Lillard. He he doesn't. Do what's the point of and also why when ghosts punch glass do sparks fly off? That or happens hit, the whole movie. Uh, or hit him with a baseball bat. It doesn't. Why make does a ghost sense. have a baseball bat? It doesn't make sense. Again, I I hate I hate resorting to it doesn't make sense. It's like the least interesting thing to say in some ways, but sometimes something so aggressively doesn't make sense yeah. that you're like, I don't why what's happening right now. Yeah, and uh, it, again, there's so much like neat shit that they do in this movie that just doesn't pay off or doesn't feel like it's that cool. I, I mean, even the shit with the with the inscriptions in Latin, like in theory, is cool. But then you really think about it, and you're like, okay, or they have like Latin chants playing to scare the ghosts. Why are they like? It's just things like that. It just I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. None of the whatever. I'm done talking about 13 Ghosts. And the whole opening thing in the junkyard just was like, yeah, I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street, buddy. Like, I get it. Junkyards is scary. Uh, you mean Jurassic Park. Sure, whatever. I mean, that that was that was like... That's, very Jurassic. You're that, right. It that is that very reminded Jurassic me so Park. much of the opening of Jurassic Park. The lighting is very Jurassic yeah. Park. Except at no point does what's-his-name, um, F. Murray Abraham, scream, Shooter! Oh, that would be entertaining. <laughs> Shooter! Shooter! Yeah, I mean that whole opening. Even though this is a movie from two thousand one, it felt very like, "Oh, here we go, revving up that nineties." Oh my god! Dun, 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 I, it just, it just the, the point where they're like, "We need some bait," and you're like, "Oh, they're going to use Matthew Lillard's bait." Like that's what the beat felt like. Uh-huh. And what do they do instead? 
they bring out a tanker truck full of blood. They just shoot blood everywhere. Why? And then Matthew Lillard is just like, what's happening? What's going on? What's happening? I will say, okay, I will say that there is an, a, a quasi-interesting philosophical argument that is sort of given like a nodding gesture in this. Okay. Is when the people show up and they're like, these are people you're doing this to. Like, you, these are, you can't do this. Like, this is not right. This is slavery. And of course, because I am who I am, that got me thinking like, do ghosts have rights? Because they are deceased persons. It's the same thing I used to think about. Well, no, they don't because they don't exist. Okay. If they exist. You know, like the Ghostbusters, how they keep them in the containment union. You ever see what the inside of that thing looks like? It's a fucking hellhole. It's scary. It's very sad. Look. I'm just saying. Look. It's kind of cool that they bring that up. Look. I'm looking. It doesn't work, though, because she doesn't mean it. That's what I'm saying. Is like, That could have if, in and of itself been interesting. I do think you have a problem with that argument, right? Because in this movie, these ghosts are murderers. And our society has already decided, largely, no, it's, that it's, murderers it, don't have rights. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting concept to think about. Like, oh, mostly, okay, it's not so much in this movie. It's mostly in the realm of Ghostbusters, how they keep them like sure. locked up. Like, is it okay to keep people in prison for for not really doing any for being like annoying, or being like slightly like menacing? And they could keep you awake. Like, is that really in this movie? It doesn't work because, well. Obviously, those people were not saved by our Lord Jesus Christ. Right, they're they're fucking, <laughs> and that's why they're, they're here. They're bound to the earth. Yeah, yeah. This would be such a fucking shit show. Like it. That's what I'm saying. Is it? it okay. It, also, isn't the whole thing they're opening up this John just so to they, hell, so they can have knowledge? It's not even like no to have knowledge of all things present and all things past. Yeah, and future. I'm sorry. Less compelling than actually serving the Dark Lord. Yeah, it's not like. And then Satan comes, and then we start the end of the world. It's like, yeah, and then I get to know like all the shit. It's yeah. gonna be so cool, yo, man. Like, it's called Google. Just wait a few yeah. years, and you won't need it the just, the Oculus. That's blah, what I'm blah. saying. Is this movie has all these like theological underpinnings that sound really scary, and you're supposed to be afraid of, but then they immediately they immediately get rid of them by like, oh yeah, these ghosts are bound to Earth. I thought they went to heaven or hell. No, 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 no. That that part is wrong. Like, why is that part wrong? And they're and they're scary ghosts. Except that's what I'm the, saying. Except for the one that's not <laughs> scary. The, the two one that's guy not killed scary. forty people. Why didn't that guy go to hell when he died? It's just it. It's just it, there's. Like, I mean, granted, let me be clear. Only fucking idiots like myself think about this shit. But it is worth pointing out that it is a ridiculous thing to think about, and to happen. Can we stop talking about thirteen ghosts? We can stop talking about it's thirteen ghosts. It's really annoying. Yeah. Here's the thing. I like lots of things that are not great. Uh, and you might be thinking you like lots of things that are not great, so you should watch Thirteen Ghosts. But the things I like that are not great are all are still fun and interesting and engaging and sometimes scary. And this is none of those things. No. And at no point was I like, oh, cool. It was just like, oh, what the fuck is happening? Why is this so bad? Yeah. So that was Thirteen Ghosts. I still want to meet Matthew Lowe though, because he seems like a he cool seems guy. cool. He yeah. seems cool. He's better in Scream than he is in this. Uh, he's better in hackers than this is what you meant also, to say. Uh, no, I, I, I'll support both those statements. Yes. And SLC Punk is pretty good in that too. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, as the final girls pointed out, he is very, he's very, dro- he's very drooly. Yes. He's very like his, his, ma- he's, he's very spitty, which I like. Yeah. Thank you for listening. 
You can head to www.cinepunks.com to hear more episodes of this show and many other great shows, including but not limited to Fat Girl Hacks, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe, Cinepunks, Evil Eye, Tomb of Ideas, Black Sun Dispatches, Wine and Cheese. I feel like I'm missing something. No, I think that's all of them. Yeah. If you're listening to us on iTunes, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download, download, download. You can head to our Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash cinepunks if you want to become a patron. And be sure to check out Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations at www.xlvacx.com. And if you're a patron, get at Liam with your shirt size. Fucking do it. Do it. And uh, until next time, Robin Favre, The Real Me, The Vanilla Bye. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't talk, just listen. Son, there is no hope, only mystery, wonder, and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast Network.